The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Acceptance is kind of something that I've kind of always struggled with and uh, I think a big reason for that is because I, I deal with something that 1% of the whole world deals with and that is stuttering. Uh, it's something that I've dealt with my my whole life. and. Uh, so throughout my childhood and my teenage years, I was constantly, constantly looking to be in environments where I was accepted, and unfortunately, the church wasn't that for me. Uh, going into my teenage years, uh, that got really, really bad. So I, I gravitated away from church and gravitated more towards, uh, you know, girls, sports, friends. Just was was doing things I shouldn't have been doing and found myself at 15 years old in my room one night uh, faced with the the prospect that I could be a dad and I freaked out I was uh, I was scared and uh, I don't know why but one of the first things that I did is I, I went and grabbed a Bible and I did one of those uh, God I need you to tell me something I need you to speak to me so I'm gonna open this Bible and whatever I open to it's going to be what you're going to say. And so I opened the Bible, turned to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, started reading, and in verse 2 it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who comforts us in our troubles so that we can go and comfort and go so we can go and comfort others in their troubles. And uh, I don't know what it was, but that just really, really spoke to me. And I, I knew that I needed to change and I really didn't know what to do so I said uh, I'm going to go to church. So in trouble what do you do? Where do you go and where do you run when crisis arises? Here's what we do. Naturally, we try to run and we try to find a place that's going to give us direct security and safety, and we try to cling on something that's at least remotely stable in our lives, and we try to believe in something, in someone. See, what trouble does is it starts stirring us uneasiness, and all of a sudden, fear, horror, doubt starts to settle in inside of our hearts, and, and our hearts are in, in turmoil. Our hearts are in trouble and it leaves us vulnerable. It leaves us vulnerable to those who claim that they know better. Experts that play on our own fear and, and, and try to make us blindly follow their truth and their way. Hey, why don't you buy my book and you won't have to experience the problem that this individual experienced. Why don't you follow my plan, follow my product, follow me, and you won't have to experience that same trial, that same crisis, and that same chaos. Our world around us right now is flooded with all sorts of fake news. Fake news that tries to stir up controversy that's not really there. Falsified information that tries to create division against one side and against the other. Hey, choose this side because this side is correct and, and choose this side because this side is correct. And essentially, it just puts us against one another. As a matter of fact, Facebook actually made a statement about it, notifying all its users, saying, hey, we know that there are fake news that's flooding your newsfeed, and we're, we're trying to, to handle it. But here's a few tips just so that you can spot it. 
First, check the link. Make sure the link will match up with where you're trying to go because if the link doesn't match up with the, with the URL, you're going to be headed in the wrong direction. Check the pictures. Check the positions of the page because just even a slight shift to the right or to the left, you can identify if it's fake news or not. So how do we know which way to follow? How do we know which way to go? Even though controversial opinions and, and opposing views, even though they're saying, hey, we're all equals, right? They can't all be right. So growing up in the Philippines, I used to love just hanging outside until dark and just watching the, the big wide open sky and the stars. But if, if you weren't like careful, you would look like the Michelin man going back inside the house because the bugs out there are horrible. They would tear you to pieces. And so you, you're, you're wondering, how in the world can I get a peaceful evening out, especially in the Philippines? So you, you, you take this big old massive rectangular box called a bug zapper. It would just buzz all night long, and they have this big, bright LED light. And without fail, this big buzzing noise and this big, bright light would just attract all these bugs. Bugs just bzzz. Zap! Just zap them all to pieces. And all of a sudden, they fall to their doom in this nice little plate at the bottom of the, the bug zapper. And it's just like a little warning sign for all the rest of the bugs that they're out there. Don't go into the light. This family is crazy. Don't mess with the family. This is not the right path for you to go. One of the things that I've learned and I find it pretty interesting because the bugs in the Philippines are no different from the bugs here in America, that they love this, this thing and are attracted to the very thing that will lead them to destruction, that there's a pleasurable thing in their, in their sights, there's something that seems right in the eyes of a bug that eventually leads them to death. Luckily, we're not bugs. Luckily, we don't act like bugs, Right? Culturally, we've been convinced that we can go in whatever direction, we can follow whatever path that we want to go, and there should be no kind of repercussions that follow us along the way. There should be no kind of consequences that follow us because truth, what is truth, right? Can't we just say one thing and you say another thing, and let's just all be right? Let, let's, let's just pretend that there's no such thing as black and white. There's just a whole bunch of gray area. And you know what? Let's just not discuss the gray areas. Let's not discuss the big elephant that's inside of this room. This is what we call postmodernism because we live in a pretty relativistic kind of world where everything and anything, well, they're all relative. But here's the deal. Here's why we accept it and we adhere to it so much is because it makes us happy because everybody is right and everybody wins but the reality is, if nothing is wrong, then doesn't that mean that nothing is really right? If, if everybody is right, then doesn't that just erase all sorts of truth? Look, every single one of us, even myself included, there is a right way and a wrong way that I like to think is right and true for the way I think and the way I do things. From how I fold my laundry, I'm not sure if you're, you're the guy that rolls up your laundry, you're the guy that folds them so that you can see the tag and see all the sizes, or the guy that, that cuts his grass, there's a right way and the wrong way. Do you cut your grass vertically, you cut it diagonally? There's a right way and a wrong way to doing things. Everyone has that kind of way. But just like a bug, let me ask you, would you put your life on the line for your truth? Would you put your, your family's life, your neighbor's life, your, your friend's life for your truth and your way? 
How do you know right now the way that you are going is going to lead, lead you to the destination that you desire to go? How do you know right now that the way that you are following is not going to end up getting you zapped? There, there was a guy by the name of John. He was one of Jesus' closest friends and followers, and he wrote a book called The Book of John in the Bible. And he talked about the life and teachings of Jesus. And in one of the, the chapters of, of John, he actually talks about how Jesus gave some pretty startling news. It drove the, the people that were following Jesus in complete disarray. They were, they were all of a sudden in deep turmoil, in deep trouble. Jesus was saying, I'm about to get arrested. And one of you is actually going to betray me and turn me in. There's going to be one of you that before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me, that you even know me, and then I'm going to die a pretty horrific, cruel Roman crucifixion, and every single one of my friends will flee from me. And so everyone was all sorts of, of disarray. No way, Jesus, I can't believe that that's going to happen to you. But this is what John captures in, in chapter 14, verse 1. This is what Jesus says. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, but believe also in me, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of the chaos that you're going to experience, in the midst of all the, the, the calamity that, that will come your way, Jesus is saying, don't be troubled. Easier said than done. If you're the disciples, you're individuals who, who gave up your, your entire livelihood to follow this one man because you believe that he is who he claims he is. And all of a sudden, this guy says, hey, it's been a good ride, guys. It's over. I'm about to die. Yes, that news will, will shake you up. It will take the winds out of your sail. Maybe you're here today and you receive some news that, that's kind of taking the wind out of your sails. Put some trouble and some turmoil inside of your heart. Maybe it's a, a doctor's note that you didn't expect to receive. Maybe it's that letter in the mail that you didn't expect to have to pay for. Maybe it's this, this thing that, that didn't go your way. And, and you're, you're just all of a sudden, you're in deep anxiety. You have deep worries. But what Jesus is saying, be at ease. Trust me, I got this. And what he says next in the next couple of verses, this is what he says. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas is probably saying the same thing that every single person in that room was thinking. Lord, I know that that sounds like a good plan. That room sounds like an amazing kind of room, but the reality is my truth is what's right in front of me. My truth is I have no clue how, how to see myself through this day. I don't know how to see myself past this situation. That seems like a, a far-fetched reality, but the news that I'm, I'm faced with right now is that you're not going to be here. How am I supposed to even get to this lovely place that you've prepared for us and what Jesus said to them completely changes everything and how we look at the troubles, how we look at crisis, how we look at chaos in our lives. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so what is this principle then that, that we need to start applying with our lives? Here's the truth. 
The only way that the word of God works is if we put it to work in our lives. So how do we apply it in the middle of trouble? Because it's not if, but when we experience trouble in our lives, how are we supposed to apply this word of God? This is the very thing that Jesus embodied himself, and here's what we're challenged with today. So if you're online tuning in, there's a little note section there that you can just take notes in. If you're on Facebook Live, type this in the comments. If you guys are here with us right now, here's what I want to challenge you to do. In your program, there's a place to take notes. Use your smartphone, your tablet device as well to take notes. Here's the challenge that you and I must take hold of and must apply to our daily lives, that we must live the truth. We have to live the truth. Jesus says that I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. He literally embodied truth. He was the truth. It's one thing to learn it in this aspect, in this atmosphere, saying, oh yeah, that's good. We can learn about the truth, but it's one thing to actually live it. It's one thing to know the destination and the direction to get there. It's another thing to actually follow the steps, because I would almost wager that every single one of us that's in this place right now, listening in online, that every single one of us would love to live a life that leads us to a way full of love, full of joy, full of happiness, full of dreams, aspirations, and peace of mind. Every single one of us desires to, to live in a way where that is our destination. The truth is, though, we can never get there on our own because you and I, we follow a different kind of roadmap, a different kind of way. You and I, we are born with this nature that's instinctive inside every single one of us that leaves us lost and astray. And it's not due to outside circumstances, it's actually due to the turmoil and the trouble that's deep down inside of us. This turmoil is rooted in what biblical authors call sin. Sin is any action, any thought, any intention that goes contrary to who God is. See, this is what sin is, it's fake news. It causes us to be deceived and causes us to believe that this way that we are currently going is actually God's best for our life. Hey, follow this way and we're going zap emotionally. Hey, this is the right way. I feel like this is the right way to go. Zapped financially. What about here? Zapped relationally. And eventually it leads us getting zapped physically. It leads us to a physical death, but not just a physical death. It allows us to, to live a spiritual death where we would be separated from God and all things good forever. Completely lost and astray. It makes us settle for less than God's best for our lives. So here's the good news though. Good news is we are born with this nature and we will never get to where we need to go. You may be saying, that's horrible news, actually, Jay. You need to check your headlines. I'd rather settle for fake news that leads me to at least a desirable way, but eventually gets me zapped. But how is this good news? The good news is that's just part of the story. That's not the entire headline. The headline is that God loves us. God loves us so much that he did not want to leave us feeling lost and in disarray. And so what he did was, in order to make us in right relationship with him, he sent his son, Jesus, sent his son Jesus to make a way for us. As a matter of fact, he became the way. He says that no one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus became the way, the truth, and the life. And so when he came to the cross, he took on our shame, he took on our punishment, our eternal death was heaped upon his life. And in his death, he defeated death once and for all so that those who believe in Jesus by faith would be forgiven. Forgiveness is good, but can I just tell you, forgiveness is not enough. Because it's one thing for me to say, hey, hold up, guys, we're going the wrong direction. Let's turn this, this bus around. Eventually, we'll start going in the right direction, and then we'll have one of those squirrel moments where we turn, and we're going down this path, and then eventually we're following this light that we think is right, and then zap, 
So Jesus, what he did was he conquered the grave by rising from the dead, defeating sin, death, and hell, breaking the, the chains of, of, of following on our own way so that those who would believe in him by faith would be forgiven. Not just forgiven, would have new life through his spirit. His invisible, eternal spirit makes his home in our spirit. All of a sudden, our desires start to shift, just like the songs that, that we sing. Our delight is in, is in God. Our delight is in following the way of God because of his spirit. Now we can live out the truth that brings us to new life, new life through Jesus Christ. So how do we live this truth? I want to give you two complimentary thoughts today before we go. So the, the first one is to live the truth, we have to be at rest. To live the truth, we have to be at rest. Here's what John says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, but believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will also come back and take you to be with me also, to be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Jesus answered, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in just a few hours after he said these things, Jesus was going to make his way to the cross. But without first saying a very, very difficult command that it's, it seems really, really hard for us to practice so many times in our own lives, do not let your hearts be troubled. On his path to pending death, rather than Jesus focusing on his own trials, rather than Jesus focusing on his own chaos that was going on inside of his own heart, on his own crisis, he was able to console and comfort all his friends, all his companions. How in the world would he be able to do that? How would he be able to address the troubles of his loved ones when he himself was going through trouble? How do you address the troubles of the individuals that you are, you are surrounded with when you yourself got your own set of worries, got your own set of troubles? Jesus was able to address their trouble because he was at rest in the middle of his trouble. Have you ever realized that most of your internal struggles, most of your internal worries, most of your internal anxieties is due to outward sources? Well, I'm mad because they're mad. I feel this way. I feel at a loss for words. I feel disarray because of all the things that, that I see my children are doing to their own life, and I don't want to see them wreck their lives. I, I feel like my heart is troubled because of all the things that my coworkers are doing at, at, at my job. I feel like my heart is troubled because of all the things that I'm seeing happen in my family, in my neighborhood. Man, this used to be a really, really good neighborhood, but man, it, it's so troubling that I've seen this school go from here to here now and it's troubling my heart and what it's doing is it's causing you to start seeing trouble with a greater viewpoint than you see the love of God and all of a sudden it becomes greater and greater and you're thinking that trouble is going to hit hit my home soon it's going to hit my life soon so I'm even more troubled the outward things that's going on around you is a direct result of what's going on on the inside of those that are around you as well. And what we have to be able to offer is we have to be able to offer them rest. As Christ followers, we have to be individuals who not only receive rest, but we have to reflect the rest. And so when, when those things around you are in deep chaos, when the things around you are in deep trouble, are in deep turmoil, are in deep controversies, when the people around you are going through a blaze of fury of, of trials and troubles, you and I, we carry two buckets in our hands. One has a bucket of gasoline, and the other one has a bucket of water. You get to choose which one you pour in. 
Am I going to be a conduit of chaos or will I be a conduit of calm? Will I pour in rest in this situation or will I pour in more stress? If you're wondering why the blazes around you in your life keeps getting higher and higher and hotter and hotter, I have to ask you one thing, what's inside your bucket? Because you can't pour in what you've never received. And what, what Jesus Christ is saying, don't let your heart be troubled. That was actually a present tense, which translates to stop letting your heart be troubled. He knew that going into this conversation, his disciples were already going through their own sets of anxieties, own sets of worries, own sets of troubles. And I could almost assure you that there's individuals that have walked into this room this morning that are carrying your own sets of worries. You've carried your own sets of troubles. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's relationally. It's just you're trying to figure out what direction to go and which way is right and which end is up, which way is going to lead my family in the right direction. And, and you're carrying all this weight. And, and Jesus is saying, stop letting your hearts be troubled. So how do we receive this rest that he's trying to give us today? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, but you also believe in me. You receive this rest when we believe in Jesus. Why would he say that to a group of individuals who had already believed in him? Why would he say that to a group of people that had already left everything that they knew, everything that they had to follow this guy? He told them to believe, and they were already believers. Why would he say that? I believe the same challenge that he gave to his disciples is the same challenge he's given us today. Because it's one thing to believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. Sometimes that's the easy part, because it's the life afterwards it's another thing to believe in Jesus in your current situation. It's one thing to believe in Jesus for eternal life. What about your day-to-day -day life? What about the life that constantly has you staying up late at night because you're troubled about the bills that's passed due or the doctor's notice that you didn't like? What about the, the news that you got that, that's got your heart in turmoil? That is the place where Jesus says, believe in me. I am still the way when you feel at an absolute loss on Wednesday night. I'm still the truth when the news around you starts causing you to start thinking and starts causing your heart to race. I am still the truth that does not change. When you look around your life and you see nothing but death around you, death in the dream, death in your aspirations, death in your, your job, death at home, when you, when you see nothing but death around you, he says, believe in me because I am still the life right there. And when we believe in who he is, that's when we receive the rest that he's promised. We can also receive this rest, and we know we can be at rest in the middle of our situation because we know that the life that we're currently living right now is not our final destination. Because when Jesus was saying, stop letting your hearts be troubled, look, 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 I'm going to my father's house. And in my father's house, there's a whole lot of rooms. And, and look, I'm not telling you that I'm going there if, if I weren't telling you that I'm going to bring you with me. I'm, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm not preparing for no other reason but to come back and bring you to be with me also in my father's house. That's going to be where your home is. And so when, when we're going through trials, when we're going through pains, when we're going through tribulations, when we're going through troubles in our life, we can be at rest in it when Jesus Christ is leading the way because one, we know that it's just temporary. 
the crises that you're experiencing right now, it may be horrible. It may be, it may be capturing your heart with terror and turmoil, but it's going to pass when Jesus Christ is the way. He says, look, in my Father's house, that's where you're going to be welcome. That's where you're going to feel accepted. That's where you're going to be absolutely free. In my Father's house, that's where you're going to take residence in. You're not just going to rent a room and then you're going to move out. No, you're going to take eternal residence in this place. And so in the middle of my trial, don't expect a, a parking parking lot committee and a welcoming committee with big old banners that says, hey, it's good to see you here. Hey, welcome home. Here is where your, your home is. Come on in. This is where you enter. It's not going to do that. Why? Because hardships is not where your home is. Heaven is. Trials is not where your home is, heaven is. The things that you and I are experiencing right now, the situations that we're going through and the situations that we will go through, that is not our home, heaven is. So how in the world can we rest in it? We can rest in the middle of it because we know we don't have to reside in it. That this right here, this is just a layover when Jesus Christ is leading the way. It's not where I'm living. It's not where I'm going to take my residence. It's not where you're going to forward my mail to. This right here, this is not where my home is. This is not where your home is because our true rest is rooted in where our true residence is and that's in the place that Jesus Christ the way the truth and the life has already prepared for you and I lastly is this to live the truth we have to love loudly so Jesus was was willing to give rest to individuals who would deny him like why would you do that that's crazy he was willing to, to give this rest to individuals who would accuse him, who would betray him, who would flee from him. Why would he do that? That's crazy. It's because he loved them. John was a recipient of this rest, but also a receiver of, of this love. And, and he wrote another book called First John. And in chapter 3, verse 16, he talks about how, how we're supposed to actually display and live out this truth through love. This is what he says. He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 18 and 19, dear children, let us not just love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. The truth should not just be visible around the people that, that we like. It must be audible with those who have contrary views, who has opposing opinions. It has to be audible, and we have to amplify the love of God. And the, the reality is how we live out this truth determines how we express this love. See, the love that we've received has to be reciprocated now. It has to be revealed to, to those who are far away. So the good news is that our love and the volume of it is silent and mute to say the least. But through faith, Jesus starts to amplify this love of God in our hearts. And when we devote ourselves to living the truth by first loving Jesus, what takes place is loud, loving actions. Not belligerent ones, but actions that points people to Jesus, actions that are so undeniable that it comes from heaven. Check out the rest of Pastor John's story. So I decided to go to church, and my friend called me up and said, hey, there is this church named Bethel Temple. That was a church that I grew up in, and, uh, and my friend was like, there are some pretty girls there, we should go. When, whenever we walked into this church, it, it, it was something that I really wasn't 
expecting people were nice. People talked to me. Um, they were really, really welcoming. The guy gets up there and preaches, and, and what I'm feeling in my heart is so much different than what I had ever felt being at church. I, I felt like God was really, really speaking to me. And um, at the end of his sermon, he gave the response and he said, if you are here tonight and you need to get your life right with Christ, raise your hand and, and, come, down to, and come down to this altar. I knew that that night, that, that was for me. And so I raised my hand, walked down to the, to the altar and um, I gave my life to Christ that, that night. And literally from that night on, my life was changed. I was looking for love, looking for acceptance, and I found it in Jesus. I found it in His love, in His grace, in His mercy, and uh, my life was changed. I experienced true life change. And so the same thing that God did in us, we wanna help others do the same. So we wanna plant a church where we help people experience life changed through Christ, not just a church service, not just a religious experience, but people truly experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. I so appreciate Pastor John. I truly believe that, that God wants his love to be loudly preached, loudly heard in Newport News. Having family that is from the area, you want to know what the, the fake news, the false information that they have had to, to hold on to for as long as I can remember. Newport News is, is considered bad news. That's the, that's, the, that's the nickname it's been given. It's the bad news. But I, I have to wonder what would happen if a group of people who've experienced the love of Jesus loudly in their lives, what would happen if the bad news was overtaken by the good news of the loud love of Jesus Christ? I truly believe that lives would be changed, hearts transformed because of individuals that says, hey, I heard it in my heart. And now I gotta let someone know about it. Now I gotta let someone hear about it. And I believe that Newport News needs to hear a different kind of news, some good news saying, hey, your, your children, they do have a future when Jesus Christ is leading the way. Your marriages, they don't have to settle for a divorce. They have a future when Jesus Christ is leading the way. But I don't think it's just Newport News that needs to hear that kind of love. I believe right here in our very own city, in your homes, they need to hear that kind of love. In your, in your workplaces, they need to hear that kind of love. In our communities, they need to hear that kind of love. Hey, you don't have to listen to the statistics anymore. I've got a new set of headlines for you to listen to. I've got a new set of, set, set of news that I need you to take a look at, and, it's, and his name is Jesus. And the truth of who he is never changes, that he is still the way, he is still the truth, and he is still the life. Jesus didn't come here to start a religion. Can I just tell you that? He didn't come here to start another denomination. He came to start a relationship, a relationship with people who are far away from God. He says, I will be the way, I'll be the truth, and I'll be the life for them. He didn't come here with a set of rules of do's and don'ts. Look, we have to stop being only known for what we're against rather than what we're for, which is the good news, which is the love of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, he wasn't trying to change up legislations. He wanted to change hearts. 
So you and I, we can't get caught up in trying to say who's right and who's wrong, who's the one who's correct in the middle of this controversy. We can't be caught up in that because can I just tell you the problems in our society, the problems in our culture is not a moral problem. You may be saying, Pastor Jay, but what about the news headlines? What about the comments? What about the statements that's been made? It's not moral. Every single one of us deal with the same problem. It's spiritual, it's sin, and Jesus Christ already conquered it. So for us, we know that no one ever starts their faith journey with Jesus by trying to be moral. That's the good news because it's impossible. That's why rather than focusing on behaviors, we need to focus on the hearts. Jesus wasn't trying to, to, to start a, a political revolution. He was trying to, to start a love revolution of individuals who have experienced the loud love of him to be the bearers of the good news. We, we are the answer. The church is the answer. The love of God is the answer to those who are experiencing disarray right now. Those who are experiencing being lost, love is the answer. Those who, who are experiencing doubt, love is the answer. Who are experiencing trouble and trials, love is the answer. Love is the answer to safeguarding the church from the vision and experiencing the good news of the transformative power of Jesus Christ. That is the answer and we have the truth and we must live it out. We have to be anchored. You and I must be anchored in the source of every truth, which is the word of God. And we got to live out the central theme, which is the gospel, the good news, and Jesus. I'm not saying go compromise your convictions. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying to compromise your beliefs, your values. What I am saying is that everything we must do has to be guided by the gospel, has to be guided by the truth of God's word. And when we do that, our love... Our love overwhelms us. The love of God overwhelms our lives. Our lives are now marked and motivated by love. You want to know what that sounds like when it's amplified to, to a world that desperately needs to hear a different kind of news. It starts hearing that people are important. Why? Because we care for people. We, 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 we care about people. We're welcoming, we're hospitable, even to, to those who have opposing views, who have contradictory thoughts. We are kind and friends to those who are even enemies to us. Love doesn't label. We have conversations. We don't have to post statements. We don't have to post comments. I believe that right now, God would heal more hearts if we would just learn to listen and hear their hearts. Be a little bit more open-minded. Open so what then is our response? What, what is our stance? What is the church's stance and what is every Christian's position to controversial issues, to issues that we believe are sin in our society? What's our stance? I believe that we can stand on the truth of what he's already proclaimed. And John made it very clear in John 3, 16, one of the most iconic scriptures in our society, where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him will not perish, but would have everlasting life. I believe right now that the truth doesn't slap conviction over the faces of people. The truth offers the truth in love with compassion and sincerity of mind saying, I don't want to leave you there. I'm going to offer my hand of support. We're doing this together. What would happen if all of a sudden that's what they start hearing in our neighborhoods? What would happen if all of a sudden that's what they started hearing in our homes? What would your marriage look like if that's what they started to hear? What would your workplace look like if that's what they started to hear? What, what would the places that we were a part of, what if that's the sound 
that they start to hear what if we said, I'm going to make some noise with my life and I'm going to make love the loudest possible sound that anyone can ever hear because the love of God is louder than me, so I'm going to make it loud around me. What would it look like? Maybe today you're here and you've never experienced the love of God. You can only experience it through faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you're, you're, you're at a complete loss for words. You're just lost for direction and, and you're in disarray. You're, in, you're troubled, you're turmoil. Hear the, the voice of God say, stop letting your hearts be troubled. Believe in me and if you've never, never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's your response. Maybe today you, you've, you've already acknowledged Jesus before and you had one of those squirrel moments and all of a sudden it starts leading you down the wrong path. Can I just say today is the day where you have to stop and say, God, direct my life. Would you be the way? Would you be the truth? Would you be the life for me? If that's y'all's response today, saying, God, I repent of my sin. I want to turn away from the wrong direction. Would you forgive me? I want to place my faith in your son, Jesus Christ, because I believe that he's the way, that he's the truth, and he is still the life. And would you, would you lead me now to living the truth through the spirit of God? If that's you today, can I say congratulations? I want to say welcome home, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. If if that's you, let us know. In your program, there's a little, little envelope there. You can check the box saying, today I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. If you're making this decision online, click on the prayer tab. We have a, a prayer team ready and available. They want to celebrate with you. If you're on Facebook Live, type this in on the comments. Say, I want to be raised to life. I want to follow Jesus, and that's where I want to be. If that's you today, we want to have a conversation. There's a Raised to Life banner right there to my left, and we just want to have a conversation after the service. Maybe you're here right now. And you've already started going down the path of following Jesus, living the truth, but man, your heart is at all sorts of stressed out. There are some weights that you're carrying that just needs to be released over to God and saying, God, I don't, I don't know where I have not believed you in, but today is going to mark the day that you are still that same God that can, that can be in control in the midst of what's out of control in my life. And God wants to give you rest today. I believe that right now God's, God's wanting to fill you with rest today. And so as we sing this next song, once you come, we have a prayer team right here that would love to pray with you. Would you stand with us right now? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.